Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Let's go, let's go. It is finally here, the very first episode of the Banner Banter Podcast. It is Monday, August 6th, 2018. This is such an incredible moment for me. Um, It's been about a month in the making, and I am ecstatic that uh, I can now say I am a host of a Celtics podcast. So thank you so, so much for tuning in. Um, My name is Timmy G., um, a diehard Celtics fan, a season ticket holder for over 10 years. Um, I'm up in section 315, row 15. Uh, I'm right near the guy with the green hair. I'm sure you see him do all of his wonderful dance moves up on the Jumbotron if you go to Celtics games. And I'm uh, about three or four rows behind him. Um, so I just want to say what's up to Russell and Lindsay, his daughter, uh, some of the nicest people you'll ever meet, uh, and especially some of the best Celtics fans you'll ever meet, too. Um, This is a really cool moment for me. I am um, a crazy, diehard Celtics fan. I've always loved the Celtics, but ever since I got my season tickets over 10 years ago, um, I've really just been sucked into everything that is Celtics pride and everything that is TD Garden, everything that is the Boston Celtics, you know, from the Red Auerbach days to even the Rick Pitino days uh, to now with the Brad Stevens days. Um, I'm... I, I just love this team. You know, it's a gift and the curse. I can come home angry, go to work the next day angry after a loss, or I could be the happiest kid on the planet after a win, or even, you know, like after Ben Simmons only scores one point in a playoff game. Let's never forget that. A um, couple things here. Uh, you know, social media. You can find me and this great podcast on Facebook. Uh, it's facebook.com slash banner banter podcast. You can find us uh, on Twitter at banner banter 18 and hopefully uh this year or the following year or many more years down the road i can uh change that 18 to 19 or 20 or 21 or etc etc i want i want i want to take over the bruins banners so they can take down their division championship banners because i believe at td garden and at fenway and at gillette stadium the only thing that you should be hanging up is world championship banners and i'd love to hang up a few more um, especially as a season ticket holder, but even as a Celtics fan for the Boston Celtics. Um, and you can also find this podcast on Instagram. You know, I'm going to try and be posting some pictures from some games and who knows, maybe we'll get some media access one of these days. But to be honest with you, I don't even know if I want that media access because all that I want is to be up in section 315, enjoying the game, kicking the back of my seat and rocking out. Um, but yeah, Instagram at banner banter podcast, B A. N-N-E-R-B-A-N-T-E-R and podcast. You can spell podcast. I've already done enough spelling in this episode. Um, so I just want to give you like a little breakdown of, you know, what's going to be going on with the Banner Banter podcast. Um, I'm hoping I have a crap load of episodes. Uh, right now, it's just me. Uh, you know, maybe I can get some of my friends on and we can have a, a fun little discussion like it's sports radio talk or who knows, maybe I can get some some Celtics players or some Celtics executives to come on and just kind of talk about what's going on 
with the Celtics, what the future of the Celtics is, because I think going into this season, there is a lot of hype behind this team. I think this is one of the most hyped Celtics teams since 2008. Uh, I know that's a a crazy, crazy take um, because, you know, you got to think, you know, the 0708 season is obviously, you know, the highest, and that's what I meant by the 08 season. But then you got to think of the 0809 season when they were coming back as defending champs. You know, a couple guy, you know, guys like Big Baby were in their second year. Um, you know, and and let's just get this out there: like Big Baby, never liked the guy, never liked his attitude. It sucked. Uh, I actually saw him this past Friday at the Big Three. Uh, the little three-on-three basketball league that Ice Cube puts on. And if you guys are listening uh, outside of Boston and you can go see the Big Three if it's coming you know, to a local arena near you, go see it. It's pretty entertaining. It's like the WWE meets uh, the NBA, but for retired guys. It's, it's fun. It's entertaining. It's definitely worth it. But I think this team and with what happened with Kyrie's knee and with Gordon's you know, terrible, god-awful injury, I think there's – I, I just think everyone's so fired up that we're kind of getting like a second chance to start fresh because I think if it was last year when we lost to the Cavs in Game 7, if Kyrie was playing and Gordon was playing, we'd be like, oh, okay, well, hey, Tatum's going to be getting better. And that would be really it. There'd be no other like hype behind the team. And I think it's a little different with Kyrie coming back and how focused you know he says he's been over the summer um, and, you know, Gordon, I feel like Gordon Hayward's having a great summer. You know, you see the workout videos, even if he's just taking free throw shots. Just the fact that he just wants to get back out on the court and play after that horrific injury is amazing. And I know, you know, I feel bad for him, not just for his injury, but, you know, you could see the disappointment in his eyes when, you know, him and his wife found out that they were having their third daughter, Um, you know, hashtag daddy's always happy. You know, it's a very funny hashtag that uh, Gordon brought out. But, you know, I'm, I, I just think the hype behind this team and the fact that, you know, I'm going to be talking about this in some podcasts coming up, just the fact that Brad has a team that he knows because ever since he's come into the league, Brad's always had different people. And I'm going to go, you know, in a week or two, I'm going to talk about more about that um, and how I think Brad's going to be able to adjust properly to making his guys better now that he's already been with them for a year. Some guys a couple years, like Marcus and Terry and Jalen and Big Al and things like that. But kind of shift back a little bit, you know, uh, Kiki Challenge, you know, shift back. Um, Shout out to all my Drake fans out there. Um, I just want to talk about what's going on with the podcast itself, Um, what I'm going to be doing. I'm obviously going to be delivering steaming hot takes um, about the Celtics, and I'm not, you you know, your average green teamer in any way, shape, or form. Um, I like to be critical about the Celtics. I like to, you know, if Kyrie drops 20 points and has five assists, but he has eight turnovers, I'm not going to, and they win, I'm going to be angry that Kyrie had eight turnovers. Um, I'm not going to be like, oh, hey, great win. Sure, a win's a win, and we shall be happy. But those are the type of things that kind of drive me nuts, and I think why some of my friends, especially my friend Maddie, who reached out to me and really pushed me to get this podcast going, so salute to him, kind of like and dislike about me because, you know, I, I always try and find the negative in what's going on with the Celtics, but at the same time, you'll, you won't see anyone happier in TD Garden than me when things go well. 
Um, it's, it's almost like I'm a bipolar Celtics fan. Um, but I love it because, you know, sometimes when it's really negative, the positives become so much more enjoyable. Uh, just like how you heard uh, in the intro, you know, uh, this is why I have season tickets. Are you kidding me? That's literally just from a playoff game where I was just so happy to be there. And there's nothing that I thoroughly, like, I hope you can hear it in my voice. There's nothing I love more than the Boston Celtics. Um, so the hot takes will be coming. Um, I'm also going to be doing, you know, game recaps. I'm going to break down each game, just not by the box score, but like things that I see. I'm going to try and watch all 82 games. I really try and do a good job. And I usually try and go to 30 out of the 40 games um, at home every year uh, with my job that I have over at House of Blues Boston on Lansdowne Street. Um, you know, sometimes the games and some concerts go at the same time. And luckily, I have a great staff that, you know, tries to help me, you know, go to as many games as possible. But sometimes, you know, you got to make that paper boo-boo. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to I'm gonna try and give you what my eyes see. And listen, I'm no professional basketball coach in any way, shape, or form. You know, I made two or three years of varsity basketball in high school. You know, I coached, you know, middle schoolers when I was in high school. I ref some games back in the day too. I, I just love the game of basketball. I have no idea why I got so addicted to it. I don't know if it's because I was too small uh, to play football or the fact that I could never hit a fastball for the life of me, even at like a slow pitch batting cage, I couldn't even hit it. Um, so I'm going to try just not to be like that box score guy and be like, hey, you know, Al Horford was a plus 11. What a great night. Yeah, but he looked kind of slow, and he looked a little sluggish, and he looked like he's a little tired in the middle of March on the West Coast road trip. Um, I'm also going to be doing some game previews. You know, I kind of, as much as I could probably talk about the Celtics to make your ears bleed and for my, you know, my vocal cords to fall out, you know, we also got to keep track of what else is going on around in the NBA. You know, there's a lot of stuff going around. There's a lot of teams that, you know, the Celtics need to focus on, like the Bucks and the 76ers and the Wizards and the Pacers, not in that order, of course. But, you know, there are some teams that the Celtics are trying to catch, like the Golden State Warriors, just like all the other NBA teams. Everyone's trying to catch the Golden State Warriors, and I think the Celtics are on the right track. And I think, you know, just kind of previewing and just giving you some other information about, you know, if the if the Trailblazers are coming to town, like you know, how's Damian Lillard doing, and and how's C.J. McCollum doing, and does Evan Turner, you know, still sound like Meatwad from Aqua Teen Hunger Force, and does he still have one of the ugliest jump shots of all time? You know, just things along those lines are really what I'm going to try and bring to the table for this podcast. Um, I'm also going to try and get some audio clips, uh, you know, whether it's pregame, postgame you know, before practice, after practice, national TV game, if someone's fortunate enough to talk about, you know, one of the greats, Doris Burke. I mean, I don't know a basketball fan that doesn't like Doris Burke. She is so knowledgeable, and I think she does a great job not only interviewing the coaches at the end of the first and third quarters, whether when it's on ESPN, but also I feel like a lot of the NBA players respect her and her knowledge. And I think, you know, that's, that's just great, great stuff. Um, I'm also going to have this little thing called the stat of the week, you know, just something that I kind of dug deep on. So, you know, if the Celtics played four games and Al Horford, you know, or whoever, like Aaron Baines went, you know, seven for nine from three point range, which I, I hope Aaron Baines isn't taking nine three pointers in a week because he was getting a little greedy, I feel like, in the uh, in the playoffs. It made sense to, you know, kind of spread him out on the floor, which 
and take Embiid away from the basket, especially in the uh, in the second round against the 76ers where they beat them in five games. But just just cool little things like that that like you 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 didn't realize or you didn't think of or you know like hey did Jason Tatum pass Paul Pierce again for some weird record just like he did last year with the most three-pointers made. Um, and yes, I understand Paul Pierce also had a shortened season in his rookie year. Um, and then I'm going to do this thing called the Celtics stud and the Celtics dud of the week. Um, it's kind of like my version of a Tommy point, but you can get a plus point and a minus point. So I'm going to keep track of that. And then, you know, hopefully at the end of the year, if I'm still doing this thing and you guys are still listening you guys will have a, a good feel of, you know, who I've really enjoyed watching and who I haven't really enjoyed watching. Um, so, you know, and obviously we'll, I'll try and talk about as much, you know, news and notes, injuries, um, you know, I'm going to try and keep track of, you know, the draft picks because, you know, Danny uh, didn't trade any of the picks that the Celtics were rumored to trade to get Kawhi Leonard, and you know we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but Danny stood his ground. You know, didn't make a lot of big moves; just made some small changes that have definitely made the team better, which I think is great for the organization. And I think it's also good for Brad, like I've mentioned before, just the fact that he can now have the same team. So I want to keep track on you know the Grizzlies pick and the Kings pick, um, you know, in the upcoming draft because. The upcoming NBA draft um, doesn't have, you know, the big guys that this draft did, you know, with Marvin Bagley or Wendell Carter. And if you notice that those are two Duke players, uh, it's because I'm a I'm a big Duke basketball fan too. You know, uh, Coach K, the Cameron Crazies, everyone down there. I'm a I'm a big Duke fan. But you know, this upcoming draft it will be very interesting because it could be used as trade pieces to get. A, a future star or maybe get a good contract because you know the Celtics have some tough decisions coming up next year next summer it's I'm I'm glad I'm not Danny Ainge in those type of instances so you got to keep track of those Kings picks because there's there's a lot of wing players you know a lot of the I mean half of them are going to Duke um to be honest with you um you know not not like the the Zion Williams of the world or anyone like that because that kid is just like a freak of nature but um, you know, you, you got to think of, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I'm just, I'm having a brain fart on some of the names, uh, here. Um, but you know, it's just not someone that can help Al Horford, um, a great deal, which, you know, which kind of sucks because I, I think Al Horford needs as much rest as possible this year. I think it's very, very important to him um, because Al Horford is getting older. And, you know, it's crazy to say that, you know, he's only 30 or 31, but, you know, he is literally a slow player. But he's, you know, you could argue that he's the most important player. Notice I didn't say best player, but the most important player. But, yeah, but back to the draft real quick. You know, you got guys like R.J. Barrett who, you know, is a lefty, He's, you know, kind of like Jalen Brown almost, but better. You know, he's from Canada. He's almost like a well-polished Andrew Wiggins, if you're going to talk about Canadian small forwards. And then you got someone like Cameron Reddish. And, you know, Trey Jones, you know, Tyus Jones' brother, you know, he could be a top 10 pick as well. But, again, he's a point guard, and that's not something the Celtics need unless 
Kyrie goes to the Knicks or somewhere else next season, which I do not want to talk about that right now. So speaking of the NBA draft, let's talk about this year's current draft and what the Celtics did. Um, they, they didn't trade up. They didn't trade out of the, of the spot or trade down or anything like that, even though there were rumors about it. The Celtics went out and just said, you know what? We're deep. Let's take a risk. And what they did at the 27th pick was draft Texas A&M's Robert Williams. Now, Robert Williams, um, I have to give him a, a nice little salute because he dominated the University of North Carolina in the Final Four tournament. And obviously, as a Duke fan, um, I love to see that. But um, I think Robert Williams can be a huge, huge piece to this team. And the reason why I say a huge piece, and you you got to kind of think like how Brad thinks, like someone like Shane Larkin last year was a very important part of the Celtics team. You know, he was a guy when Marcus Smart got hurt for punching that glass after one of the stupidest plays I've ever seen in my entire life with that Lakers game, you know, where Terry Rozier was wide open, but Marcus had to be the hero and play hero ball and he failed miserably and he punched the glass. But I don't want to go down that. I don't. I'll, I'll literally get the heebie-jeebies thinking about that night again. But if Daniel Tice gets hurt again, or if Aaron Baines gets hurt, or even if Al Horford gets hurt, the Celtics are going to need some bigs because, sure, they got a lot of wing guys, and I know the NBA is positionless basketball now, especially with the way Brad kind of plays things and stuff. But I, I like Robert Williams because he's very athletic, and I don't think the Celtics have a very athletic big. I think Daniel Tice is athletic, reasonably athletic, but you know, you look at Al Horford and Aaron Baines, they're just down low, big physical guys that can try and run the floor. They, you know, A for effort, but Robert Williams on a break can beat his man down the court and get an easy bucket or get to the foul line, and I, and I, and I, and I think that's, that's big. Now, and I know a lot of a lot of the reason why he fell was because of his knee issue and his attitude. Um, you know, if this was the 2017 NBA draft and he had no knee issue, he was going to be a top 10 lottery pick. That's the type of talent that he has. And I feel like the Celtics were willing to take that risk because the Celtics, they just opened up their brand new training facility over in Brighton, that Red Arback Center. I haven't been in it yet. I hope, you know, the season ticket holders can go in there sometime soon and see it. And I think, you know, since Boston has some of the best medical doctors in the world, if, you know, at least the country, um, I think it will help Robert Williams with his knee. Um, and he, you know, his... His knee did get banged up in the summer league in four minutes of play. Um, so Robert Williams, I understand, missed a press conference and was late for practice. Or, I'm sorry, missed a practice. And I'm I'm okay with that. And, and here's why. Because the Celtics, once they get in the swing of things, they're going to keep this kid under control. They're going to... They're going to put him with Al Horford and Aaron Baines, and they're going to put that kid in his place. He's not going to feel like he's the star of the team. He's not going to feel like, you know, he's important. Like most of these AAU kids that come up into college, they think they're, you know, the next Jesus Christ, and they're not in any way, shape, or form. Um, so I, I really think that Robert Williams 
can help this team as long as he gets his mind right. And I'm willing to give him a chance to do that because, you know, you look at someone like Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart did not have a great reputation coming out of college. And the Celtics still took him. They took the risk. And sure, he's had a couple hiccups, but he's had more good days than bad days. And I'm hoping that Robert Williams can bring that because if Robert Williams can get his head on straight and learn the NBA ways from uh, an all-star like Al Horford, an NBA champion like Aaron Baines, and the great coaching styles of Brad Stevens, then he is going to be that rebounding, block shocking, block, you know, blocking, wow, I can't even speak right now, <laughs> uh, you know, blocking all the shots that come his way because his length, he's so athletic and he's so quick. And I think that will be huge for the Celtics. And I also think it's a need for the Boston Celtics to have someone come off the bench and give energy that's outside of Marcus Smart because Marcus gives all the energy. But if you can get Robert Williams to come down and block a shot, get it, kick it out to Terry, Terry runs the break and, you know, whether he finds Marcus Morris in a corner for a three or finds the trailer of Robert Williams coming back down after his block shot for a dunk, I feel like those are big things that will help the Celtics. I don't think, you know, Robert Williams is going to get, excuse me, minutes over Daniel Tice, but I do think that he can play some some pretty reasonable minutes for the Celtics if he gets his head on straight. And I just want everyone to give the kid a chance. That's all I want because I think he's a he can be a legit NBA player that can block shots and rebound the ball well, which is as we all know is something the Boston Celtics really need. Now we're going to switch over to the summer league. Real quick, um, and then the Celtics went four and two, and they lost in the quarterfinals of the Vegas League tournament. And yes, we, you know we just talked about Robert Williams and how he missed the first team. He missed the first team's practice, and he didn't start in the first summer league game. But he went out there and he played. Uh, I think six minutes. Um, he scored four points, um, got a couple rebounds, but banged someone's knee. And then the Celtics just said, "You know what? Rest up." get back, you know, get get into shape, and you'll be good. And he didn't play the rest of the Summer League. But there were three guys that I was really focused on that did play in the Summer League, one of them being Yabo. You know, you guys know who I'm talking about? Yershon Yabaselli. I'm pretty sure I pronounced that right. Or Dabo is what we all like to call him. Dabo is the French version of Draymond Green, with a never trust a big butt and a smile type butt, um, it it it's absolutely unbelievable. And if you follow Celtics Twitter, you guys will know there are many memes about it. It's 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 literally the ninth wonder of the world. But anyways, I felt Yabo did a really good job um, in the summer league. I feel like he improved. There were some thing you know defensively, he's not there yet, but I think offensively, he gained some confidence. His jump shot was fallen for him, and he was an important part of why the Celtics went 4-2 and two in the Summer League. Um, another person that I was really focused on was Semi Ojale. Uh, Semi, to me last year, obviously came in for defensive reasons because he is an absolute freak of nature. Like His muscles are unreal. He's built ridiculously. He, he's, like a, he's got bigger muscles than like LeBron, and he's like shorter than him, but he weighs like the same the same amount. It's insane. And what I was worried about Semi Ojale is Brad would bring him in for defensive purposes, which obviously made a lot of sense. But then when they went down the court, it was like four and a half against five on the offensive end because Semi would just stand in the corner 
and be a robot. You know, he'd catch it and be like, and then just pass it. You know, he really wouldn't attack or um, he would shoot a three unless he was wide open. But I feel like in this summer league in Vegas, he would attack the basket and I felt like it was awesome. And I, I was really happy with how he played. He was a little aggressive, like too aggressive, but there were definitely some spurts where it's like, if this guy can give us some minutes like that off the bench and not be afraid to attack the basket or not be afraid to take a three-pointer that can then ease some minutes and some pressure off the guys in front of him, you know, like your Jalen Browns and your Marcus Morris and your Jason Tatums and your Gordon Hayward. Because if Semi Ojale can play eight minutes a night and give, you know, someone like Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown a rest, that that's huge because we're going to need those young guys because I'm hoping, and I think we all are hoping, that this is going to be a very, very long season. Um, another person that I was very impressed with was Jabari Bird. Okay, um, Jabari Bird was arguably the best Celtics player um, out there. He he was literally like Terry Rozier. He would just kind of take over games in so many different ways, defensively, offensively, from the three-point range, running the offense, and he would do the first couple of games, he would do so many backdoor cuts, I could have sworn it was Avery Bradley. Because if you remember when Avery Bradley first started, Avery Bradley was known for his backdoor cuts. Rondo found him every single time it worked out. And AB got easy buckets that way, which, you know, when players get easy buckets, it builds their confidence. And I thought that was a great, great thing. And Jabari recently just signed um, a contract with the Celtics, it's a two-year contract. The first year is guaranteed, and he is currently the 15th roster spot on the Celtics, which now means the Celtics have a full roster. Obviously, things can change with training camp, but as of right now, the Celtics have a full roster. So I'll be very interested to see. With that being said, the Celtics still have a couple two-way contracts. You know, so if you know someone like you know Abdel Nader, who's no longer with us, you know, not like he's still alive but not with the Celtics, um, you know, he would travel back and forth or kind of like what James Young did. He would go to play with the main red claws and then come back. And then, you know, the NBA offers, I think it's four. don't quote me on that. I think it's four two way contracts for each, for each team. Um, and they still got a couple left And one person. I, w- I just want to talk about real quick before we move on from the summer league was Hassan Martin. He was an undrafted kid from URI. Um, I think he came out two years ago. Um, from school, and he was just a monster, just all over the place. He was great on the boards. Um, he worked hard. He was physical inside. You know, something that if Robert Williams doesn't work out, it could be something that the Celtics look at because, you know, he's bigger than Yabo, and he's, you know, height-wise, he's used to playing down low, um, being physical, you know, m- maybe being the guy that can kind of you know, if Marcus Smart tries to yap and someone steps in the way, you know, Hassan Martin could come through. Obviously, it's a long shot, but I was very impressed with Hassan Martin. And I hope, you know, he can come to training camp and the Celtics do give him a two-way contract. So, to, speaking of contracts, let's talk about a, a two-way contract that got signed by the Celtics with Walt Lemon Jr. Uh, He played in the G League last year with the Fort Wayne Mad Ants, which is a great name. Um, He averaged 22 points and six assists per game. He's another kid that went undrafted. Um, He's 6'3", 180. You know, he's just your classic kind of 
NBA point guard that, you know, shoots the ball a lot, can handle the rock well, a couple of assists, but can also be really off sometimes and a very streaky shooter and just, you know, something the Celtics don't need right now. But, you know, it's good to have those people in your camp and on your roster and helping them out. Um, Aaron Baines. So let's talk about the main guys on the team. Aaron Baines, Brad Wanamaker, and Marcus Smart. Aaron Baines re-signed a multi-year deal with a player option for $5.1 million. Um, And I'm really glad Aaron Baines is coming back. I think Aaron Baines is a great locker room guy. I think his teammates love him a great deal. And he also had the seventh best defensive rating in the league last year. That's saying a lot. That shows how important he is to Brad Stevens' system defensively. And I think that's, that's a really great thing to have someone that Brad trusts and knows Brad's system, which leads us to Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart, four-year, $52 million deal. Um, No one knows what Brad Stevens wants more than Marcus Smart. He's been here from the very beginning of the Brad Stevens era. Brad wants hustle. He wants effort. He wants you to care on the floor, and no one does that more than Marcus Smart every possession. I can't believe I'm complimenting him, but it's true. Clearly, you know, the Celtics didn't bring him back for his offense. Sure, there are some times where, you know, Marcus will go four of nine from three-point range and we all freak out because, you know, Marcus Smart's the classic guy. Every single time he catches the ball and you think he might have a shot, you're like, no, don't do it. And, you know, he actually ends up doing it and he misses it. And then you get really angry and you're like, why didn't you just make the extra pass? Jalen Brown was wide open. But when you think about what happened when Marcus Smart returned from his thumb injury in the playoffs against the Bucks, sure, they lost a couple games when he returned, but you, you just felt that the team got better and each player wanted to give each other more now that Marcus Smart was on the floor. And I think that's why Marcus Smart is so important to this team because no one else can kind of fill that bulldog role, no pun intended, with the butler and Brad Stevens. But Brad Stevens just wants someone that's going to fight, fight, fight. And I think he has guys like that, but he needs, like, the fighter, and that's Marcus Smart. So I'm really glad the Celtics are bringing him back. And I like the I like the money of the deal because you, you got to think, like, five or six years ago when Avery Bradley re-signed with the Celtics, Avery Bradley got, like, eight or nine mil, and people were like, that's too much money. You know, look at the NBA salary cap. But if you look at it now, what Marcus Smart is making now is kind of like what Avery Bradley made. You know, it's a good, reasonable contract. And, you know, the NBA salary cap didn't go up a lot this year, but there are rumors that it could be going up to eight or nine million dollars more next season. So someone who's making twelve, thirteen million dollars is really making like eight or nine million dollars back in the Avery Bradley contract days of five or six years ago. So I think that's I think that's very important to not get too angry with the numbers because with the way the NBA salary cap is growing, this is going to become a better and better deal as it goes. And it's a perfect trade piece, you know, because if you look at it right now, the Celtics roster, it's either max guys or rookie contracts. Because think about it. You got Gordon Hayward. He's making a crap load of money. Kyrie Irving making a crap load of money. Well, Kyrie's making like 19, 20. Gordon's making 30 plus. Al Horford's making 30 plus. But then after Kyrie, it's just like it's Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, like those type of guys that are making like six or seven mil. 
So you really don't have anything in between the two, and Marcus Smart has that, and I think that could be big in a trade piece like I was talking about earlier with the Kings picks. Um, and then finally, the one guy that they did sign, which I'm actually kind of excited to see what he's all about, uh, is Brad Wanamaker from Pitt. Um, a lot of people are calling him Shane Larkin 2.0, um, you know, a guy off the bench that can run the point. Um, he used to be teammates with Daniel Tice over in Germany and excuse me. And he was actually the Turkish BSL finals MVP this last season. Um, he's 28. He went to Pitt, played all four years at Pitt. He actually has a twin brother and they're from Philly and they used to play the Morris brothers all the time. So it'll be fun to kind of see the Brad Wanamaker, Marcus Morris, uh, connection there. Uh, he's six, four, he has a six, eight wingspan. Um, he, he weighs about 210, maybe like 215. And, you know, one of the things that I love about Marcus Smart is the pick and roll with him and Al Horford because Marcus can throw a really good lob and Al Horford can catch it. The great thing about Brad Wanamaker is he's a scorer off the pick and roll. So if him and Al or him and Tice or him and Robert Williams can, can work together and, work on their pick and roll and leave the other teams guessing on is Wanamaker going to take it up with the right or with the left, or is he going to throw a lob or is he going to kick it out? I feel like that will be a great thing for the, for the Celtics. If Rogier or smart or Kyrie need a little bit of a break and you know, there's three minutes left to go in the first quarter, put Wanamaker in, let's see what he can do. Um, so yeah, so overall, I think the Celtics had a really really, really good offseason. They definitely improved. They brought some core guys back like Aaron Baines and Marcus Smart. I think the Brad Wanamaker is an upgrade over Shane Larkin. And I I, I really think that Robert Williams is going to work out. And if I'm wrong, then hey, I'm wrong on my first podcast. So be it. And now it is time for the Celtics stud and the Celtics dud of the week. All right, so here we go. The Celtics stud and the Celtics stud of the summer. All right, so even though I'm, uh, we'll, we'll start backwards. We'll go with the dud. Even though I'm, I got faith in him and I know he's going to turn the page around. The first banner banter podcast, Celtics dud of the week slash summer, is going to go to Robert Williams. Um, you missed a you missed a phone call, you missed practice, and then you barely played in the summer league. You're going to be the dud for the time being. And the Celtics' stud of the summer is Jason Tatum. This dude is working one-on-one with one of the greatest basketball players of all time, Kobe Bryant. And Kobe was a Laker, and we hate the Lakers, so that's a lot for me to say. But he he's getting better. You know, he was trash talking Joel Embiid in some of the workout videos too, saying you know four one, you know just. I, I really think the kid wants it, and what I feel like what he saw in those Eastern Conference Finals against LeBron, I feel like he wants more. So he gets my Celtics stud of the week. Um, all right, folks, I'm gonna wrap it up. I really didn't think uh, the podcast was gonna be this long to start, but hey, here we are. Um, it just shows how much I love the Celtics, and uh, you know, I hope you guys uh, are enjoying it. And uh, you know, please keep in mind, uh, you know, all social media. Facebook is Banner Banter Podcast. Twitter is Banner Banter Podcast 18. Instagram is Banner Banter Podcast. Uh, We'll be on Spotify in three or four weeks because you need five episodes before you can get up on there. So if you have Spotify, stay tuned. Podbean, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music will all be there. You'll always be able to find the Banner Banter Podcast. Um, And then next week, 
Um, hopefully the NBA schedule will come out and we can break down the Celtics schedule, you know, how many back-to-back games, things along those lines. And then um, we'll also recap the NBA free agency and how it's going to affect the Boston Celtics coming up. Um, So yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to the very first episode of the Banner Banter Podcast. I hope you guys come back for next week because I know I will be. Um, And feel free to message me on any of those social media outlets and let me know your thoughts. Uh, You could also email me at banner banterpodcast at gmail.com give me your thoughts concerns recipes and uh that'll be that so uh yeah celtics pride forever and uh we'll see you guys next week thanks so much for listening it really means a lot to me and i'll talk to everyone next week toodles and noodles bye-bye sorry but i'm gone i'm history and i dedicated my life to the boston celtics i dedicated my life to the fans of boston i did my very best to please each and every one of you good night Thank you.